0: Hi, and welcome to the Crossroads Generation Go podcast. We hope and pray and believe that this message will challenge you, impact you, and encourage you. And if you'd like to know more about us, you can go to www.crossroadslismore.com. I'll make sure to share this with the children, but um, in the dream I was speaking at this Different building, a different church, but I was a bit frantic and I was running around, stressing out a bit because my clothes were really daggy. Um, I felt like really grungy and it just didn't seem to be appropriate to wear in front of people and speak. So um, I was running around the church, I was looking for the clothes. Like I thought I brought a really nice shirt, I couldn't find it. And it was time for, for me to come up and speak. And so um, I just, before I got up there, I had this sensation, this, this, this overwhelming presence where the Lord said, it's okay, because what you have is not on the outside anyways. And as soon as I came up and that happened, and that spirit came over me, there was a move of God that started happening in the back of the church, and it was the children. They were dancing and singing and rejoicing in the back, and God just came in and swept through that building. I don't even think I spoke. I don't know. I woke up from that point on. But it was really amazing to know that God can move through our children, and I believe He will. will. So I think I'm on kids in April. I'll make sure to pass that on. Now, Stephen texted me a few days ago just to, you know, make sure it's all good and that you're good to preach on Sunday. And I was sharing with Narell and Owen, um, and I said to him, how do you, how do you follow a prophet <laughs> when someone comes to your church and they bring fire and they bring the word of God and they bring prophetic words? How do you follow that? You just show up and you be who you are and you have Jaunty pray for you during worship and it's all good. So, it is all good. All right, so I want you to turn. Let's get started all the way. Let's get into Ephesians. Let's get started. No dancing around. Get into the Word. Ephesians chapter 5. I heard this about a week ago, and just after things that have happened this week, I just feel like it's a confirmation. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2 in Ephesians chapter 5. I really need some... Be imitators of God. We could just stop right there. Message is over. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for there you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. So I heard be imitators of God over a week ago. And the Greek meaning of imitate is to mimic. Now when I have grown up in different parts of the world, I am from Texas, I lived in North Carolina for a while, And I developed this hick accent, really deep southern accent. But I also went to a high school that was mostly African-American. And so I developed lingo and slangs of some of the words that they said, and yet I had this really long, drawn-out southern accent. It was really odd. And we've heard old videos of me when I was a kid, and it was pretty hilarious. And then when I grew up and moved to New, um, New Zealand, I lived there for two years, I started to sound like a lot of Pacific Islanders because I ministered and I led youth to lots of Polynesians. And when Natasha came over there and we met and we started dating, she'd come over and visit and she's like, do you ever notice that there's an inflection in your voice that when you start to speak, your sentences rise up? Like when I talk like this, I start talking and then I finish my sentence and it goes like that. (laughs) And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, woman. She's like, see, you do it. And I seem to take on... And I'm slowly getting some of the Australian accents because people think I'm Irish. So I've just got <laughs> all kinds of mix of accents because I mimic, I think, things that are happening on around me. I, don't, I think it's a good thing, but I've got a schizophrenic accent going on in, in, my, in my life. But when I was a teenager, though, I wanted to be like a basketball player named Pistol Pete. Now, he was one of the most legendary basketball players in the 1970s. And he brought on a new style of basketball with fancy passes, new kinds of shots. It was very unorthodox. And people some people didn't like him because he didn't play the normal way of playing basketball. But he was an incredible player and he dedicated his life to the way he played. And he he practiced nonstop. So when I got cut from my freshman year nine basketball team in high school, I thought, well, this obviously is not working the way I'm doing it. I need to follow somebody else who is actually a really good basketball player. So I watched him play. I watched a movie about him, I studied some of his drills, and I've, I love basketball. It was, it was, I was, I was um, obsessed with it. It was close to an idol because I played it, I learned it, I studied it, I read it, I slept with my basketball, I took it on family vacations. It was kind of weird. My parents probably thought, is he going to get a girlfriend? (laughs) No, he loves his basketball. So I would do the drills. I would practice all the time, and even... After I got off work at Chick fil A, which is a fast food place in a mall, I would go out after work where there are no cars in the parking lot and I would drive and dribble the basketball at the same time. Because that's what Pistol Pete did. And I thought, I've got to try this too. And thankfully, I didn't hit any poles. Um, I did lose basketball a couple of times, but he also dribbled the basketball in his house blindfolded. And when I started doing that, mom was like, nope, that's enough. You've gone too far. Now, I did not end up being like Pistol Pete, but I did have someone to look after, someone to learn from, someone to give me a good example on what it looks like to be disciplined, to be focused, to become better, and I did get better because of all that work and because of having someone to look at and to copy. Now, if you've ever had children or had children around you, you always see those younger siblings looking at their older brother and sister. And they always observe before they copy what they do. And the older siblings always despise it. Like, stop it. Quit, be, quit doing that. Quit being like me. But they will look and then they will act upon it. When I was brought up in church, my dad was a pastor. And so I was always in the church. But as a child, we had this thing called Bible quizzing. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but our denomination thought it'd be a great idea to come up with a game, an activity, a way for the children and the youth to meet up and learn the Bible. We memorized it. And so the point of the game was you would have people, uh, four people on a team, and they'd have these little, in the olden days, they had a sign that you'd pull up out of a box, depending on the answer, A, B, C, or D. In the newer days, they had electronic pads that you could sit up if you knew the answer and repeat the question and answer the verse. So we memorized the Bible and it was, it was fun, but then I started thinking about later, is it, is it a bit hypocritical or weird that we come together as Christians and we learn the Bible and we memorize it, but yet I want to beat my Christian brother over there and know the word better than he does. I hope they lose, because that church over there always wins all the time. And I wasn't the best Bible quizzer. So I learned the value of, of memorizing the Bible, of meditating upon it, and knowing why it was so important. There is value in learning the word. But learning it's not enough, is it? You need to encounter it as we've, we've heard about today, encountering the word. As Stephen said, if, if the Bible is all that we read, it's just ink on paper until you meet the author. Then it becomes alive and real and a living word. I was reading something from Starl Spurgeon and he takes all of this, this to another level about meditating on the word and then doing something about it. Listen to this, he's a great patron of the faith. Meditation is a happy, holy, profitable engagement, and it will instruct you, strengthen you, comfort you, and inspire your heart and make your soul steadfast. But you may not stop at meditation. You must go on to imitation of the character of God. Let your spiritual life not only bud and blossom in devout thought, but let it bring forth Fruit in holy act. But let it bring forth fruit in a holy act. Be not satisfied with feeding the soul by meditation, but rise up from the banquet and use the strength from which you've gained. And check out this last line. Sitting at the feet of Jesus must be succeeded by following in the footsteps of Jesus. That is I wish I came up with that. That's good stuff. Sitting at the feet of Jesus must be succeeded by following in the footsteps of Jesus. Because <sighs> we, get, we, get, we are saved because we believe in Jesus. Amen? That's how I came to know Jesus. I don't know about you, but I came to believe in him because I believed that he was the Messiah, that he was my Savior. But we have supernatural influence because we believe like Jesus. See the distinction? It's one thing to have an example. It's another thing to be like that example. Unless you're a gifted artist or have this incredible talent in art, you need a subject to look at when you're painting or drawing. I take art for four years in high school, and I needed a subject every time. I can't just think of something beautiful and start painting and drawing. I need to be able to look at it. How thankful I am that we have someone to look at. That God the Father sent us His Son, Jesus, to be that example, and to not only pay for the penalty of my sins, but to show us the way, to give us an example on how to live this life and prepare for the next. He is the way. What's the right way to live? His way. What's the right way to think? His way. What direction should I go in the future? You got it. How do I settle arguments and disagreements with family and co-workers? His way. Okay, you're getting the theme. Good. Keep following and doing it his way. That verse says, Be imitators of God as dear children. This begs the question Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? It's a great question to always be asking about our identity. Do you remember what it was like before you became a believer? I I don't do it a lot. It's not great to just dwell in the, in the past life and the sins that we lived in and the things that we did, but I like to remember where I was at and what my life is like now. Because back then, if you remember, you, feel, you, felt, you felt broken, you felt lost, you felt confused, you felt uh, sick spiritually, you didn't have a purpose, you were blind, broken, and, and all that. And there is this way that we view ourselves where we don't think we're very good. And sometimes we still struggle with this, even as believers. We have a difficult time viewing ourselves the way the Father sees us. We don't think we're worthy of being loved. We're full of shame, guilt, etc. And because of the way you have viewed yourself, you have sinned by faith, Because no one has told you, or back then, no one had showed you how to live and what the good news of Jesus Christ looked like. That he came to seek and save and love and redeem the broken, the hurt, the blind, the sick, the shamed, and everyone else. Amen? He did. Now turn to 2 Corinthians. And as you turn there, I'm going to tell you how I cleaned my car a few months ago, <laughs> a few months ago. I usually clean the outside and the windows, that's all I have time for. But this time I decided I'm going to clean the windshield and the windows inside the car. Oh, that hasn't been done in a long time. Do you know what happened? I had a whole new world view. Colors changed. Visibility increased and clarity was sharpened. It was like I had new contacts on. I'm like, what has happened? You just cleaned your windshield. You gave yourself a better view. You could see better. You know where I'm going with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 18. Therefore, since we have such a hope, Tony, we are very bold, We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Can someone say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate or reflect or look like a mirror the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Old covenant thinking is still causing some to miss out on the freedom of Christ. Which way should someone read the scriptures? His way? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I want you to go back now and look at the preceding verses. Now that we know that Paul's talking about the ever-increasing glory. Verses 7 through 11. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of his, its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? It's a pretty easy question to answer. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. Let that sink in. No comparison. And if it was transitory, came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? We go from glory to glory. It's scriptural, it's God's purpose and intention for us to move from glory to glory. If I want greater glory, surpassing glory, then the only place I need to be is in his freedom surrendered freedom in Christ because that is where the Spirit of the Lord is. David was right. We are more spiritual than we are physical. Yep. That's where the surpassing glory happens. In the Spirit, in the freedom of the Lord. Now, move over to John chapter 17 now. We're going to tie this together. John 17, starting at verse 20. This is Jesus praying for us, believers. And think about that. When he prayed this prayer, he was praying it for you and me right now. He knew it. He knew what your name would be, where you'd be reading it, and that this would be for you. My prayer is not for them alone, the disciples, those then. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them May be one. Can you say may be one? one. One. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one. Say one. As we are one. I in them And you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's the same love. The glory given to Jesus has been given to us the same way. Now I'm telling you, this is something that you can hang your hat on. This is something that's bigger than Texas. It is a belief of mine and something that I strongly believe, but that this Surpassing greatness. This greater glory is not just for yourself. It's not just for ourselves. It is to demonstrate, this is what I believe, to unbelievers that when believers in the way are together as one, then those who do not believe will believe because his manifest glory then comes. When we are one, when we are unified, I'm telling you, it, there is so much power when believers come together. Jesus in us. It doesn't say, I'm in Jesus. My denomination's in Jesus. This church is in Jesus. He is in us, which automatically makes us adopted brothers and sisters in the Lord. Okay? We are one. When we met the, together this week, there were other churches in this room, and that was totally okay. And we love that, and that's what I love about this church and the leadership, and that's why you're here, and that's why this came together so well, because we love being one. The world will know us by our love, and might I add, our unity. The things that are going on around the world, those moves where you see people coming together in the states and other places, they are coming together from different places, different churches, with one heart to worship Jesus. And that's when he moves. That's when the glory comes in greater measure. I'm telling you, put your hats on that. And we can do it as one. We don't have to be these denominations where we're disgruntled neighbors that live next to each other because we have to, but we really get upset because of the way they don't keep their lawn or their hedges or they keep the bins out too long. We, we actually love each other because that stuff doesn't matter. That's a really weird illustration, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to end with this. The definition of imitate is copy or simulate or follow as a model. I love that definition. Follow. It doesn't just mean look. Okay. No, follow it. Where is that example going? How is Jesus leading you? Follow him, and as you follow him, you become like him. It's not just sitting there and reading the scripture, because if there's not an encounter with the scripture, you're just reading. Follow him. There has to be action after the following, after the looking, after the reading. Translate that into how we will bring an encounter of Jesus to the world. How will that look? Every day it's going to be different. That's what's exciting when you get up. What's it going to look like today? I spend time with the Lord. I look at him. I watch him. I emulate him. He fills me, Jesus in me, his glory in me. The hope of glory comes out in me when I go to work, when I spend time with my children, when I go to the grocery store and I give a simple encouraging word. Whatever it is, it's different every day. That's exciting. We don't live a boring life. We live a full life, a fulfilled life. And every day is different. But he's the same yesterday today and forever when you copy someone out of right reasons out of righteous reasons that's authentic if you try to cop someone out of deceitful reasons that's counterfeit and those who can tell a counterfeit the best are the ones who look at the original the most what are you looking at Spend time looking at the Father. You know what? I, it's easy to get into comparison when you see someone like David, when you see someone like these guys and people who share, and even people who serve. I look at people, and it's, like to go, it's easy to go, man, I, I like them. I want to be like that. I want to be bold. I want to serve with grace and humility, and I want to talk to people, and Ninbin, like sharing the word of the Lord. Like I, All these things. It's, it's easy to fall into that comparison trap, but let us not do that. We can honor, we can appreciate, we can encourage how we all do the things that the Lord gives us to do, but God made you, and you imitate him, and you become his story to the world. Mimic the master, and in doing so, we will give the world an encounter with Jesus, not a counterfeit, the original encounter that will lead them to the way, yeah, Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are a good father and you have shown us and demonstrated the way through Jesus. And man, we are so thankful, Lord. We do have hearts of gratitude that you have given us your son to not only follow, but to be like. And I pray that anyone this morning that feels the weight or the difficulty and that challenge, You would take the weight off. You are in us. You've transformed our minds. And I pray you will continue to transform our minds and our hearts to be like you. Maybe someone needs to get off the the treadmill and the the race of, of trying to be something too fast. And I pray that you are peace and a revelation of truth will come upon our brothers and sister right now to rest in your presence, to reflect your glory, to be who you be created to be, and to shine. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you, our minds, our wills, so that you can use us and shape us to be more and more like you You are the author and perfecter of our faith. So sanctify us through and through as we move from glory to glory, bringing people to an encounter with you, with love, with humility, with truth. Fill us today, God, with everything that we need to be filled with and filled to overflowing so that life and joy may come out. Every time we bump into someone, every time there's a situation that we'll be bumping out joy and overflowing love. When the enemy tries to get in our way and set traps and bumps, that we'll just jump over and bounce out joy and peace and thankfulness. Lead us, Lord, to be imitators of you from this place. And may we encourage one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.